Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, <laughs> all right. We're gonna. I got a couple of quick things I'm gonna say. And then, uh, today uh, we're we're, uh, we're talking about we're in our series on on prayer. Uh, and today we're 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 focusing on intercession. And so, I'm just gonna try and run through some thoughts <laughs> instead of preach a message because I feel like. Well, spoiler alert, the last point in the message of how to, to do it is, is very profound and deep, and it's do it. Um, and so if you promise to, to listen quickly, I'm going to try and shortchange this so we can, get to the, we can get to the last point and have some time to do it. <laughs> Does that sound good? Intercession. What is intercession? Intercession is a big word that means something very simple. It's praying on behalf of somebody else. Intercession is standing in the gap for somebody. It's, uh, it, it's the word that's used to tie to the priestly activities. Remember in the Old Testament how the priests would, would take the sacrifice before God on behalf of the people. That was They were interceding with the sacrifice on, on, on the people's behalf. Intercession. We are called to be, you know, uh, a number of weeks ago we did a series on, on spiritual gifts. And there are people with a specific, um, maybe a specific burden for that, for intercession. But we are all called to intercession. It should be a, a part of every single believer's life. Why do we intercede? Why is it so important? Three things. Um, super quickly. Uh, why do we intercede? One, because intercession changes things. Intercession makes a difference in the, the actual playing out of history, whether that be on a global scale or in your family, in your, between your ears. It changes things. We also intercede because it changes us. We've talked about this uh, over the last couple of weeks, how prayer, prayer, uh, and specifically intercession, it changes us, it changes our perspective, it changes our relationship with God, it changes our relationship with each other. And the third thing is, uh, why do we intercede? We intercede because it's a primary way that we can be like Jesus. And real quickly, I just want to give us a couple of couple of verses for for this where we see this in scripture uh, Exodus chapter 32 this is uh, the nation of Israel is in its infancy 
God is still is establishing his relationship with that people for, for them to be his chosen people. Moses is their leader. And they have, they have screwed up for the umpteenth time and God is, God is uh, frustrated with them. And we see one of the most incredible conversations between God and a human you will ever find in Scripture. Verse 9 says, Then the Lord said, I've seen how stubborn and rebellious these people are. Now leave me alone so my fierce anger can blaze against them and I will destroy them. I will make you, Moses, into a great nation. But Moses tried to pacify the Lord, said, Oh oh God, oh Lord, he said, Why are you so angry with your own people whom you brought out from the land of Egypt with such great power and strong hand? Why let the Egyptians say their God rescued them with evil intentions of slaughtering them in the mountains and wiping them from the face of the earth? Turn away from your fierce anger. Change your mind about this terrible disaster you've threatened against your people. Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You bound yourself with an oath saying, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the heaven. And I will give this land I have promised to your descendants and they will possess it forever. Here's the crazy verse. So the Lord changed his mind about this terrible disaster. There's two common ways to understand this story. One is that God had every intention of doing what he said, and Moses literally changed the mind of God and saved an entire race. (laughs) Or, God was using this situation to teach Moses about God's own character and reveal to Moses his own heart. That God knew Moses' response and was planning on relenting. My personal take is that God's infinite power, those are both true. Because God is that much more infinite than us, that both of those things can be true. But each perspective shows the power of intercession and and some of the the reasons behind it. Perspective one shows us that that powerful effect of prayer can have on circumstances, that intercession changes things. That God's, God's, God's intervening in our life is sometimes contingent upon our intercession. There are miracles that happen because we pray. That there are things that God will do on our behalf if we, if we intercede. On behalf of those we know, on behalf of those we love, if we will ask him. It also shows us that how God uses our intercession to teach us about himself. As well as reveal and transform ourselves. Intercession changes us. It opens us up to our ideas, our eyes to God's activity. It unburdens us from the things that we can't control. When done correctly, it deepens our confidence in his character. It stirs us to action. It primes us for divine marching orders. Sometimes there's, there, there's a, I feel like in, in, the, in, in the church in general, 
there's this common um, lack at times in people's lives for feeling or under, having a, a, a genuine um, confidence in a specific call of God on their life. And I think part of the reason for that is we don't spend enough time in intercession because it's in intercession that we get our marching orders. It, it's when we go to God with the burdens on our heart that he, he, he sifts and he, he, he gives us the call of what our part in that burden is supposed to be. And then the third thing is intercession is a primary way we can be like Jesus. Romans 8.34 says, Who then will condemn us? No one for Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. He is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand pleading for us. How incredible is that? That, that is what, what God does. Jesus is currently right now at the right hand of God the Father making intercession day and night for us. You want to be like Jesus? Be like Jesus. <laughs> Spend your time interceding on behalf of those around you. I've, sometimes we feel like, I don't, I don't know all the reasons. We all have our own obstacles with, with that, um, with intercession. And there's no... There's no one right way to intercede. Just like there's no one right way for, uh, for every married couple to, to have a conversation, <laughs> right? Healthy communication in one relationship when these exact words are said in this other relationship are gonna cause really, really big problems, right? We, we, we know that because people are different. And our relationship with our Heavenly Father is that way. It's custom. It, it, it's one-on-one. -on -one. And so, so there, is, there, is, uh, there is much room and, some, and too much of the time we're looking for a formula. We're afraid we're going to do it wrong when in reality the problem, the only way to do it wrong is to not do it. Right? But I do want to give us a few things to think about. And then we're going to... And then we're going to just spend some time praying this morning. Um, but I do want to give you a couple of, couple of don'ts and do's. Some, I don't want to call them tips. These, the, these are things to think about, things to, that, that are helpful, but they are not, most of these are not universal. All right? They're, think of them more like Proverbs. They're, they're mostly true. <laughs> so, real quickly, first one don't try and mount a merit based defense for what you're asking for. What does that mean? You can't lawyer God. <laughs> you can't lawyer him into having to do anything. He is God. He don't got to do nothing. All right, we can't, from, from a, a realistic 
theological, whatever perspective, there is no defense you can mount on anybody's circumstance to prove to God that they have earned anything. And so it is is not productive. It is not it is not our, 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 our best attack. When we look at, when we look at um, Scripture and intercession, I don't have time to go back into We could look at, at Moses' response. It, 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 it's when God shows us prayers of intercession in the Bible, they are almost exclusively all based on something else other than the merits of the person. And that other thing is the mercy of our God. Our intercession should always be trusted and launched into the mercy of God, not our merit, not the merit of the person we're praying for. Number two, uh, no horse trading. <laughs> Lord, if you just do this, I'll fill in the blank, right? God, if you do this, I will, I will 12%, all right? I will go out, I will, I will give 12 instead of 10. I'll start tithing on the gross, not the net. I'll, <laughs> I'll pray an extra 20 minutes a day, whatever it is. Listen, we, and I remember I said, these are Proverbs, listen. This is how gracious God is. He sometimes still honors those. They are completely, when you think about what you're doing, you're trying to make this simple little silly trade with the God of the universe over something that you you should be doing anyway, right? It's like my kids trying to get a toy for throwing their trash away. Like, no, that's, you're a human. Put your trash in the trash. I don't owe you something extra for it. That's what, but that's what we do. But yet still, even in that, sometimes God honors it. God still will, will honor that moment because he sees in it an opportunity for a relationship. For whatever reason, he deems like, okay, I'll make this deal with you. But it's not the best. It's not the mark of a, of a mature relationship. That's not the kind of relationship you want with the people closest to you, where every time anybody does anything, you got to come up with some horse trade, right? That's a sign that there's lack of trust. That's a sign that there's lack of love. That's a sign that there's, there's, there's lack of intimacy when everything has to be a business deal. We don't need to be like that with God. And the third don't, the final don't is, don't wrap your trust or affection for God into a specific outcome or expectation. Listen, we trust in God, not a result. And that's not to say that we can't have faith in an outcome. That's not to say that God doesn't speak to our hearts at time and tell us what he's going to do or give us a specific thing to pray. God, I want you to, sometimes God tells us what he wants us to pray to him, right? Sometimes we get a burden that, God, God, you feel like, I just feel compelled that God really wants to do this specific thing in this specific situation. And that is completely inbounds and appropriate. But what we can't do is just assume that what we want is what God wants. 
And we have to be open to both his having a different plan or us mishearing the situation. And so our, our trust, our affection can never be wrapped up in a result. Unmet expectations is one of, if not the number one cause, I think, of, of anger towards God and shipwrecked faith. Because we get a preconceived idea of what is supposed to have in a situation. Or we tie God's character to our expectations or his our specific action we think he should take. And then when it doesn't happen, we then begin to be suspicious um, of his character. Don't wrap your trust or affection in, in, into, his, his out, into an outcome or a result. Okay, so if we don't do those things, what do we do? Number one, do get in his presence. We, we talked about this a couple weeks ago when we looked at the tabernacle prayer model. Through worship and, and meditation and praise. It puts us in the, the best possible posture to to. to to have a meaningful, uh, clear conversation with the Lord. Number two, do lead with what's burdening you. Do lead with what's burdening you. There's so many scriptures that talk about uh, this exact idea. Cast all your cares to God, for he cares for you. In Galatians, share each other's burdens. In Psalms, the writer says, give your burdens to the Lord and he will take care of you. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. On and on, there's plenty we could go through. Listen, God has given us a roadmap to turn our worries and burdens into beacons for intercession. That's what, that's what their intended purpose is. And then turn that intercession into transformation and demonstrations of his glory. That's where our burdens need to go. Sometimes we, we get focused on, you know, we, we, we have something that weighs on our heart and we can... I have this, I, I do this all the time, or I'm worrying about something, or, or there's a situation that's happening and I'm really burdened about it, and my focus quickly shifts to try and getting rid of the burden and the worry. And so I actually end up praying, God, help me not be burdened by this. God, help me not worry about this thing. And sometimes the Holy Spirit's going, I put it there on purpose. Because he doesn't just want it to go away. He wants you to take it to him. There's a difference. There's a difference between asking to not care about something anymore. Not be invested in it. Not let it affect you. And actually praying about, interceding about the situation. And God calls us to be intercessors. God calls us to take those burdens to him. We need to learn to let them be a guide that, that our reflexes, when we, when we really are upset about something, especially outside of ourselves, that that is a call to prayer. That is a call to intercession.
We are blessed with burdens sometimes. They don't feel good, but they really are a blessing. They're a gift. They can be a gift from God. It's, it's you know, we love the verse, cast, you know, uh, share one another's burdens. Oh, we love that community. We talk about that a lot here at Christian Assembly. But this is what, this is what it looks like in real time. And listen, if you, if you aren't burdened by anything outside of yourself, um, I'll just be honest, there's a problem. Because there's plenty available, I can tell you that. And I would say two things in all seriousness. First one is, um, if you look around your life and, 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 and there is nothing outside of your, your own immediate experience, your life, um, that burdens you, that, that you, you feel like you're dealing with or you, you're worried about. Um, one of two things I think is most likely happen. First one is that you might be in crisis. Sometimes that, that in itself, I don't know why I just felt like when we share, that, that can just be a, you know, we all need, we all need a, a, a light. We all need a, sometimes to, to, something to help us see where we're at. Um, if you look around your life and, and all of the problems, all of the things that you see, um, all of the burden that you have is all very, very like internal. It, it's, it's, you know, it's no degrees of separation. It's all directly about you. You, you might be in, in crisis. And if that's, that's the case, I would say two things. One, that's okay. It's okay. We get, we, we're, there are times, Bible is clear, then you will have trouble. There are times we're in crisis, you know. Like the airline stewardess says, when you're flying, what do you do first in crisis? You know, the, the oxygen masks fall from the ceiling. You put yours on first, right? If you're in crisis today, don't feel shame and guilt that you can't go helping a bunch of people. That's all right. Intercede for yourself. Call other people. Say, hey, I'm the one that needs some help. <laughs> Acknowledge it and, and get some people, invite some people into your crisis. There's lots of great people around that would be more than happy to jump in with you. The other thing is, either in crisis or, and especially if this is how you are, like you look at your life and this is just kind of like you can't remember a time when this wasn't the case, that, that your problems were always just your problems. Um, I don't know how to, else to say it other than, in all seriousness, you may have some serious selfishness issues you need to deal with. If every problem in your life is just your problems... You may need to, to, some, some, to do some work with the Holy Spirit on your life. So if, you're a, if, you're a, if you are a follower of Jesus, if his spirit rests within you, you are an overcomer. And that, doesn't, that shouldn't be the expected way your whole life goes. That you can't even overcome enough to look up over your problems to see the person next to you. I would challenge you if that just felt like I was supposed to share it, I'm gonna leave it there. <laughs> so do leave with our burdens, you know. Prayer lists are great, 
Intentional systems of you know, managing all the prayers is, can be helpful. But lead with the burdens. What is, what is on your actual heart? Next thing, do tell him, that's the Lord, the whole story, warts and all. I find this in myself. This was a <laughs> kind of a, I kind of got checked when I was, when I was preparing this. Just it, it kind of became real to me that I, I'm really bad at this. That my prayers for intercession are like usually like, like 10% burden and 90% suggested solutions. And I reread, reread it, and nowhere in there is that what God asks for. <laughs> he says to cast our burdens, cast our worries, cast our cares. Come to him with the issues. Be honest about our, our, our tribulation. I couldn't find one verse that says he has a suggestion box that he is looking for our solutions. Take time to actually tell God the burden. How is it affecting if it's, if it's you know, somebody else that you're close? Go into, don't just skim over that part of it. You know, Lord, you, you know what's going on with Jim. Here's seven ideas on how to fix it. Spend time talking with the Lord about Jim. <laughs> what, is it, what is he going through as best you know it? How is it affecting him? How is it affecting you? How is it affecting the people around you? Who is Jim to God? There is, there is power in, in facing the burden. There, 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 the, the, Spirit can, the Holy Spirit can do in us and through us a lot when we open that kind of that book, that chapter, that part of prayer up. Instead of just mentioning it and moving straight to a bunch of suggestions on how God can, can, can answer. It's where a lot of the, our transformation comes. It's where, it's where our march, I find our, our marching orders will come from that position, not asking for the solutions. Where as I spend time really praying for Jim and, and, and really thinking and putting myself in his shoes and, and really delving into the, the burden itself and allowing that to be exposed, the Lord can speak and, and, and give me a, a greater burden for them, for that person or that situation, and maybe even some clarity on what my role is to be in, in being the solution. Tell the whole story. Next one, do ask for specific action. It's okay. I, I just got done saying, you know, don't focus on it. But again, this is just his advice. Uh, but it's okay to ask for specific action. It's okay to, dad calls it swinging from the fences, right? Shannon, I got Shannon this little poster it's in their little frame thing it's in her office um it says just simply says what's the best that could happen 
what's the best that could happen instead of what's the worst? We, we're real good at, you know, we know what the worst could happen. We're experts at that. But especially in prayer, a great question to ask and, and to request is, what's the best possible thing I can imagine that could happen in this situation? Pray that. It's okay to ask for specific, specific things. A lot of times the Lord has laid those on our heart to pray for. Next, do base your request. You know, we talked in the don'ts. We said don't, we said, don't base it on, on the merit of the person. So what do we base it on? We do base it on his character and his glory. In scripture, when we look at intercession and prayer, this is, this is the most consistent thing you see, is that the, the, the petitioner always grounded his request in God's character and his glory. God, because you are merciful, would you? God, I know, I know that you are a God of love and you love so and so and this breaks your heart. God, let your power be known through God, your word says you will not forsake the righteous. We base our requests in his, his character and, and, and his glory because those are the one, that's, what he, that's the model he has set for us. And those are the only things that don't change. <laughs> right? If we base it in anything else, it, it's, it's, it's squishy. It may be right. It may be true. It may be accurate. It, it, it may be current. It may not. But his character never changes and his glory is always right to reveal. Next to the last one, uh, do surrender to his sovereignty. Sometimes we don't know what the solution is. Ever been praying or had a burden like that that you just look at a situation and it's just, it's just such a mess. You don't even know you don't even know what to pray. Like, you know, what's the best thing that can happen? You're like, I don't know. You come back and that's, we're all done. That's the only thing I can think of in this situation that's going to really fix it. That's okay. That's when we, we lean into his sovereignty. God, you know. We surrender to, to, to the, the reality that he, he, he is God and we are not. He is infinite and we are finite. God, I, I need you to move in this situation. And here's what I here's what God, please do these things. But but even if you don't do those, I, I'm, I trust you. I trust you to move. I trust you to, to, to make right what's crooked. Listen, if it be your will is a legitimate prayer. I don't know how that phrase got got to become, become so uh, controversial, but it seems like it has. Yeah? People like to divide on this. Like, uh, is this some people, you know, once I get people say, oh, no. God wants to do everything great, so, you know, if you say, if, if you ask if it be your will, then it's, 
You're showing a lack of faith. There's other people on this side going, well, God is so big and so infinite, you can never be sure you know his will, so it's presumptive if you don't tag it. So you got to put it on everything you say, right? God, if it be your will, give me a ham sandwich, you know? Um, I would say to that, that debate, and maybe you've felt that tension, you know, you hear the both sides, you're like, I don't know. I would say, loosen up. It's God. Most of what we pray to him is all jacked up. He knows. <laughs> he pays much more attention to our hearts than our mouths. Right? The last do. Do it. Do it. Pray. <laughs> Intercede. And so, without further ado, can we just take some time and do that this morning? And give us about 10 minutes. And this is not going to be a heavily structured thing. Um, I want us to, would you get in groups? Would you get in groups of five to seven people? If you're not comfortable praying in a group, uh, that's totally fine. You don't have to, you know, we're not requiring everyone <laughs> to pray. It's okay. You can agree silently. You don't have to worry about, you know, we've talked about it. Don't worry about it. If that's not, if you, if you don't, gosh, I don't, I don't have the right words. I don't never prayed in a group before that's fine that's fine but would you get in groups of five to seven and just pray whatever is the burden of your heart today it could be something that's going on in your life it could be something that's going on in the world it could be something that's going on in whatever what what is the burden of your what is burdening you this morning We're going to give you about, find some groups. As you get a group, if you're a regular part here, please make sure to look around, invite somebody in. If there's somebody new or doesn't have a group, please make sure we're extending and we're...